You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. Today's conversation is a great one for the mamas in the house, especially as I'm getting real with Keisha Tower, a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach who tells it like it is and pulls back the velvet curtain of motherhood that you might see on your Instagram feed. She's a mom of three who suffered from postpartum depression and anxiety after the birth of her first kiddo, and she turned to exercise, therapy, and writing to cope. I love, love, loved talking to Keisha because it was like a breath of fresh air around motherhood. So I know you'll come away from this conversation feeling like you have permission to feel all the feels, good or bad, as you embark on or continue your own motherhood journey. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And without further ado, welcome Keisha. Hello. Welcome to Thrive. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. So you are ridiculously cool. You are a (laughs) pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. So tell us what the heck that is, what you do, and what brought you to where you are today. Yeah. So I feel like I have to start from the very beginning, kind of. Um, You know, there was never a time where I didn't want to be a mother. You know, it's just kind of one of those things where I think my husband and I just kind of followed um, and did what we were supposed to do. You know, we dated and then we got engaged and we got married. And it's like, of of course, we want kids, you know. Um, So after my first kid, I suffered very severely with pregnancy. um, I'm sorry, with uh, postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. Um, And I had no idea what that entailed and what that looked like. In the moment, I had no idea I was even going through it. Um, it was very hard to navigate for myself and my husband. And I know so many women go through this. So it's just, it's, I guess that's why I kind of started the, um, through this, I ended up finding help in therapy and working out in CrossFit exercises. It just, both of those in conjunction basically saved my life, to be perfectly honest. And, um, from there, my, my love for CrossFit kind of grew. And then, you know, we have this population of pregnancy and postpartum women, and there is so much that goes into, uh, you know, yeah, we want to look like badasses and stuff like this, but what they don't tell you is, okay, while you're looking like a badass, you're really screwing up your pelvic floor or while you're looking like a badass, you're really screwing up your abs. Um, so the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach basically, what I do is I give you the information to coach you how to work out safely, not stop working out, but work out safely and preg- uh, while pregnant and then work out, uh, returning to working out safely um, in your postpartum period. That's so good. And that's so important because like you said, I feel like there's so much for as much as there's information out there on becoming a mom or what that whole process is like. I feel like for myself, for you, for all of my girlfriends, my own mom, we've all had totally different experiences and there's inevitably been at least one thing that came up where you were like, whoa, didn't see that coming, didn't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. Like my mom, I forget what the actual, 
word is. I'm sure you know. When my mom was pregnant with me, she had where her abs like split down the middle. Oh yeah, diastasis. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, that terrified me mm-hmm. becoming a mom because I was like, oh my God, you're, it just rips? Like what, what? How is that <laughs> right. possible? Yeah. Like what, what mm-hmm. happened? I was like, did it come back together? What happened? So that's, I feel like that's such a, such an important thing that you do mm-hmm. that so many people don't even know they have access to Yeah, because there's like, there's scary stuff that happens. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Can you talk us through a little bit, if you're willing, what PPD and what postpartum anxiety looked like and felt like for you? Because I also experienced it. And I feel like, like you said, so many people go through it, don't Mm -hmm. even know they're going through it. Just call it the baby blues and write it off as, oh, we'll get over it. But it's really freaking hard. And we don't necessarily have like open, honest conversations where people admit, yeah, I'm in this wonderful period of life, but like also experiencing oh my gosh, so many emotions and so many feelings and talk to us about what that looked like for you and what that felt like. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day, you know, um, they say, if you have, um, if you have like depression or anxiety, then you're predisposed to it, you know, in pregnancy and postpartum period. Um, I never felt like that, so to speak, I guess I always, you know, I was probably like a typical worrier, like growing up and stuff. Um, and I just remember, don't ask me where I got this weird advice from, but I was like, again, with my first kid, I was like, if I take a shower every day and fix my hair, I'll be okay. And I'll like, I won't have postpartum depression and I won't have postpartum anxiety. Let me just tell you, I mean, taking a shower obviously helps, but it wasn't the answer. Um, So for me, honestly, it was a dark, dark, dark place, very dark place. Um, I questioned why I became a mother. Um, I questioned why, why I decided to have a kid. Um, I questioned whether I should give my kid up. Uh, it was, it was a lot of things just because I just felt like everything I did was wrong. There were a lot of things that contributed to it. My first daughter had colic. She cried excessively, nonstop, all the time, no matter what we did for four months straight. It was literal, pure hell. Um, you know, it just adds up. You don't get the sleep, you get the crying, and then it's just like you just you just kind of explode. And I, um, I remember the time where I knew I needed help is um, my daughter was six months old and we went to a restaurant with friends. This was six years ago at this point. Um, and we followed a very strict schedule because once I got her to sleep, I was like, Oh God, something worked (laughs) like something worked. So we're sticking to it. Um, you know, uh, it was time for her bedtime. And of course I wasn't ready to leave. I wasn't getting out much. I was just, cause I was scared of everything. So this one time I got out and I wasn't ready to leave. And I remember being so pissed, so mad and, My husband was trying to help me pack stuff up. And I was like, get away from me because he was staying. That was prearranged that he was staying and I was going to go home with her. And someone asked me, like, as I was walking out, like, I just remember being so angry and ragey. And someone was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I literally like want to kill my husband for staying. I mean, I truly (laughs) want to kill my husband, but it was like, those were the thoughts I was having. And like, when I got home and after I put her to bed, I was like, something is not right with me. This is not right. This is not normal behavior. Like I said, the excessive worrying, the, um, 
impulsive worrying, the impulsive actions, the ragey. I was very, very ragey and very, very angry. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Because I never was like that before. So that night, like literally the same night that I was like, I want to kill my husband (laughs) again, didn't really want to, but, um, I Googled therapist in the area. And within a week I had my first therapy appointment and I have literally been in therapy since that day. Um, in conjunction with that, my therapist is actually the one that told me that, um, she was like, are you exercising at all? And I was like, no, I'm not really making it a priority just because I felt like my life was in shambles. And she was like, for the anxiety portion of it, like you should probably find some type of exercise, whatever appeals to you. And when you get that really good sweat and workout, um, it lowers your cortisol, which is your anxiety inducing hormone. And I was like, okay, well that makes sense. So just in conjunction with both of those, I mean, it didn't happen overnight, but for sure, my life definitely changed after that for sure. And that's so, I feel like there's such a bad rap that can kind of come when people are like, just move your body. And then it it can, you know, enlist the eye rolls of people saying, what's that going to do for me? But you're right. I mean, there is so much science behind it, but whether it's endorphins being released, cortisol Mm -hmm. going down and so much of like so much of PPD and postpartum anxiety are tied to your hormones. Mm -hmm. So if there's a way to naturally kind of attempt to balance out what's going on naturally within your body, well, I mean, that's a hell of a good first step because Mm -hmm. beyond that, you're also dealing with like all of the very difficult and challenging changes that just naturally come from this new role in life. Like whether that's the extreme sleep deprivation or whether it's challenges, like you said, with something like colic or um, maybe breastfeeding or nursing Mm. troubles. Like there are just so many challenges that come and just push you to every limit. So you're dealing with that. You can, if you have, like you said, if you're naturally someone who's prone to anxiety, your, your regular old anxiety <laughs> yeah. might be just flaring beyond the fact that your hormones are also raging. Yep. <laughs> so it's like a really, oh gosh, it's like such a difficult time for yeah. all of those things to come together. I also think it was really, really smart of you to just admit, you know what, this isn't me, I need help yeah. and to go to therapy because that's yeah. such a good and important like realization to come to and investment to make for your own sanity and mental health and well-being that not enough people are willing to do you know like I think no, I feel sure. like there's there's so much pride that comes with it where you're like mm-hmm. no I'm, I'm a mom now like I have to figure it out because I have oh, to yes. figure it out for my family and my kids and it's mm-hmm. it's I I am I am not strong or this means that I'm not a good mom if I can't do it yep and it's like we forget that nowhere in the book does it say we have to do it alone <laughs> yep like, it's very much okay and normal to be like, you know what, this is really hard. Or, you know what, I'm going through something right now that is not totally me. Or, like, yep. not totally what I want for my life or my family or my kids. Mm-hmm. And to just talk to people about it. Like, that's yep. totally, that's good. Yep. Agree. Oh, my gosh. Well, what do you think is one of the biggest uh, misconceptions about motherhood in general? Like, something you wish people would know. Because I know you're like me and, like, keep it real with yeah. mom talk. <laughs> You know, um, I wish, I wish people had told me that it's hard. Like, and I know that sounds very vague, but it's like, you know, we're sitting, of course we love our kids, even through the postpartum depression and even through the postpartum anxiety, any type of mood disorder, we love our kids, obviously, but we're going through like hard shit. Like, I think, you know, 
like you can read all the books you can read all the books you can do all the things and i would even go past saying like you know in the hospital when you have the baby and it's like oh this is like mine and then when you're you're like oh now i have to go home with this thing and do <laughs> like what with it like how i like i think you know you don't get sleep but like in the moment when you're like really not getting sleep and then the hours just add up and add up and add up like it literally makes you go crazy literally makes you go crazy um oh and i never asked for help i wish i would have got over myself and asked for help because i'm like oh this is my kid like this is what i'm supposed to do this is like my offspring i made her like i'm supposed to be the one to take care of her this is my job like and no one else's um i was very prideful and it is not easy to ask for help. I still have a hard time asking for help. I am much better. But at the same time, it's just like you don't realize how much you need that break to just kind of reset. And that's been something that's been really hard for me to like work through. Just I mean, just because of, you know, preconditioned uh, things that happen to you, you know, and you're just like, I can do this on my own. Like, I don't need anybody to like help me with this. Um, it's just. I wish people spent more time focusing on the mental health after, you know, during the postpartum period. I mean, pregnancy is obviously important too, but I just think you just have that emotional dump after you have the baby. And it is just, it, it really blew my mind. Like I literally had no idea about it. And I just wish there wasn't the stigma that you're supposed to be happy. Like, you're allowed to be pissed off and you're allowed to be sad. And I think that's part of it. And that's why I kind of just, I kind of just try to be as real and raw as I can to, because I think the more people that do that, we give other people permission to feel that way. We give other people permission to, you know, to feel sad or to feel like, okay, well, this really isn't how I envisioned it. And it's okay. Like, it doesn't mean we need to like uproot what we're doing. It's like, maybe I just need a break. Like maybe I just need like an hour away drinking coffee in the parking lot or something like that. I mean, um, that's what I just, like I said, I just try to talk about the hard shit as much as I can just to let other people know that they aren't alone. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head too in, in saying, you know, accepting help and being willing to seek it out is one thing. Mm-hmm. And also just getting rid of expectations because of what you, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard because we're human beings and you're excited about bringing a baby into the world and like you spend nine months thinking about it and dreaming about it and putting together a nursery and a registry and all of these things. But it's like our world came crashing down because our daughter was born two months premature and we spent 73 days in the NICU. So we had not our whole everything was just gone to heck and every expectation was just didn't happen. Like just didn't happen so it's like it i feel like it would have made so much for uh, granted i mean ours was kind of more of like a rare emergency sort of Hmm. situation but like it still would have made things a little bit easier if there just weren't so many preconceived notions of what we thought Mm -hmm. it should look like because then everything was just a disappointment and Mm -hmm. then it makes it harder to enjoy the reality of your story and your moments because you're comparing it to what you thought it should have been based on what you saw on Pinterest the week before. Yep. Yep. Yes, I have. um, So there were several of us that had kids uh, just of my friends at the same time. And I just saw that 
they were enjoying their babies and their kids didn't have colic and they weren't like spiraling like I was. And I, I mean, I just, I thought, what am I doing wrong? Like, what is, and it's not to say they didn't have their struggles because I'm sure, you know, I'm sure they did. It was just me in that moment. And I was just like, I am doing everything wrong. Like who gave me permission to be a mother because it wasn't me and it shouldn't have been me type of thing. But, um, yes, the comparison game is terrible. Social media is terrible for that. Like, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it's like, like we were just talking about It's that that's why we try to put our stories out there just to let people know that our lives aren't perfect and that's okay. So. Absolutely. So what got you into coaching pregnant and postpartum women specifically? Like what all, what all does that entail? If you can talk yeah. us through maybe like the obviously physical, but also mm -hmm. so mental journey that our bodies embark on when we're bringing a human being into this yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. Like tell us all about this. So, um, like I said, I started like CrossFit exercises, uh, when I was six months postpartum with my first, so I didn't even, so my whole time, uh, I've been doing CrossFit for six years. My entire time I've been doing CrossFit, I have either been pregnant or postpartum. So I now have three kids. Um, with my last two, I worked out the entire time with them, um, pregnant, postpartum. So during the postpartum phase, um, like for me, I feel like that really helped me in the, in the pregnancy and the postpartum phase in the pregnancy, just like moving intentionally, like not trying to lift a thousand pounds, just moving my body. Even when I like, didn't feel great. It was like, if I got in that little bit of movement, like maybe the class was programmed something really hard. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll just like walk today or something like that. But it was just like knowing I had the support to be like, yes, go walk go do your thing, like move your body and be okay with it. Um, and then when I came back postpartum after that, my second pregnancy, um, I went straight into doing heavy lifting that I shouldn't have. And I really screwed up my pelvic floor big time. Mm. Um, I put way too much pressure on it, way too much tension on it, which led to um, just generalized pelvic pain for me in general. And major incontinence just so like peeing myself when I shouldn't have been and um I never really I, I didn't deal with it I just pushed through it because I didn't know any better um fast forward to my third child she was in a very awkward position when I was um pregnant so I had to stop working out like four weeks before I had her and you would have thought uh the world was ending I was just like what who am I without exercise type of thing and so obviously that's not healthy um, it just kind of forced me to take a look of, okay, why am I really doing this? Yeah. Um, whenever she was born, she split my pelvic in half and it really forced me to look at exercise differently. Wait, so, so when you say we, split your pelvis in oh, half. Oh yeah. So yeah. You mean so, like literally split your pelvis yep. in half? Holy I had a seven, I had a, uh, 17 millimeter, uh, disconnect in between my pelvic bone. So oh, when she goodness. came out, so, um, when she came out, she was, uh, as I was laboring her, she was sunny side up. So, which is not a pleasant position to give birth in, in general. So she ended up turning as I was, as I was birthing her and, um, as she was turning and as the doctor was pulling out, she was kind of bigger. It just like, it split everything in half. So I didn't know that in the moment. I just, um, so I knew I was in pain but I didn't know. I'm just like, okay, well, I, a baby just exited my body. So, I right. mean, you know, it, it, so afterwards 
the pelvic pain was not getting any better. And I was like, okay. Well, did you have an epidural when you were doing no, this too? No, no. Oh my God. I had all three. I had all three of my kids without an epidural. Oh my goodness. I'm a psychopath. So. Okay. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, I'm like having, yeah, I'm, and, I'm and, having and pain over here just listening. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. It's, I mean, at that point, your adrenaline kicks in and kind of takes over, you know, the whole thing. And it's like, okay, finally, I have this baby out of me, you know, that I've been. So, I mean, you know, I was, I was happy she was out, but I wasn't really feeling the pain at the moment. I remember when I got out of the bed, um, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't walk. Like, this is, this was not normal in other two pregnancy or, you know, after birth. I was like, I can't walk. And they were like, okay, well, it's okay. And I was just like, okay. So I just like, kind of shuffled a little bit. And I just like, I knew immediately that something wasn't right. So what ended up happening is that um, I started doing research on it and I came across um, a program, the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism program. And I was like, oh my God, where has this information been my whole life? I mean, it was just, um, it, it is focused on, you know, women who want to continue to work out during the pregnancy and postpartum period. Um, it is geared towards women who do like weights and stuff, but I mean, it's not solely, you know, CrossFit people. Like it can be in relation to, if you're a runner, you know, if, if you do at home workout type of things. Um, so I came across that information and it was just like, it opened my eyes to everything that I wish I had known when I started exercising pretty much. And that's kind of how it happens, right? Like you always find out the information (laughs) a day late, you know? Um, So from there, I went and visited um, after I was like digesting this information, they kept preaching that this program kept preaching that I visited a pelvic floor physical therapist, never heard of one. So I went and they were like, oh, yeah, uh, your pelvis is like jacked up majorly. Um, So it was all it took was exercises to correct, though. Like I was very surprised. I was like, oh, God, this is going to entail something really that I don't want to have to do. And. It was, you know, it was eight weeks of like intense therapy and um, I healed and I was like better. And I was like, well, this is great. So, but wow. uh, upon my return to exercise that I was, I was like three months postpartum, which is much later than I had returned previously. Um, I could not do the things that I wanted to do. And I was like, okay, we're, we're going to really have to like, take a look at what is happening here. So I was forced into um, going very light, being very intentional, and I like didn't have a choice or else my pelvis would have like came back apart. So um, from there, I was just like, imagine how many women are like me. Imagine how many women don't know any better because I didn't know any better until I had my third kid, you know? so it just from there just kind of like uh, you know it kind of spiraled into i need to learn more information on this this is where i need to put my energy i need to get this information out into the world any way that i can um and so so what that looks like is you know it's the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism program focuses on your core and your pelvic health so if you are say when you're pregnant and you are working out and you are experiencing pelvic pain probably a reason for that I think a lot of society is like you're pregnant just push through it it's okay when really you could really be screwing some shit up like really screwing it up um you know your pelvic floor is it's very often um 
called your core to the floor because it, you know, it helps contract everything. People think that incontinence, peeing yourself is like, it's like a badge of honor. Like, oh, you know, I pee. Like you don't have to pee when you laugh, when you, when you laugh, when you run, when you jump, you don't have to do that. There are exercises that can be done um, that can help you. It may not like cure it a thousand percent, but it can make it much, much, much better and more manageable. Um, you know, when you were talking about the diastasis with your mom, um, that's a very, very common thing. And when people have that, they're like, Oh, can't work out anymore. Like my abs are split in half. It's not true. It can be managed. And I think there's like, and even on your face, like I could tell you were like, Oh God, abs split in half. Like that sounds terrible type of thing. You know, it's like, Oh, I got to like stop what I'm doing. And like, that is something that can be managed and work through, you know, it may not grow all the way back together, but it can be, um, through proper and intentional exercises. It can be like put back together, but maybe not all the way, but much better than where it was type of thing. So, well, and um, it's hard because going back to what you said before too, people, people are working out for different reasons yes. in pregnancy and postpartum mm-hmm. and just that whole relationship with how you move your body and for what reason there's so many different motivations that are coming in for people, whether that's just because they enjoy doing something, whether it's because they want to look a certain way, feel a certain way, achieve a certain goal, like whatever the case might be. And that relationship just continues to evolve as your body evolves. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so hard. Like we forget the fact that it's a miracle in and of itself, what the female body does in growing a human being and then pushing it out of our bodies. Like that is crazy. If you Mm -hmm. really think about it, so it makes so much sense to me that there would be a need for mm-hmm. actual help and coaching through mm-hmm. something like that because there are so many different factors that come into play. And I mean, you're right. I feel like the only thing my doctor said was like, give it what, three weeks or something. And then you can, then you can begin to exercise again. There's not yep. a, a talk on yeah. what do you, how do you work out? What do yep. you, how many times a day, what kind of things are you doing? Like there's no discussion yeah. like that. It's kind of like, okay, you passed the time limit. You can check the box and now you can yep. go back to whatever you You're were doing. Exactly right. And that looks totally different for all mm-hmm. of us for so many different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there are definitely some generalizations that are made. And I think, you know, a lot of people and rightfully so, I mean, they rely on their OBGYNs to, you know, give them the best information. And it's, it's not that they're doing it intentionally. Like they're just like, okay, like all your, your appropriate stuff that I am checking is back in place and where it should be. So you're okay to like, go ahead. But that's why there's people like me. I mean, there's several people like me who are like, okay, we need to do this a certain way. And, And again, that's why it's, it's almost so important to be um, to be looked at individually because even look at your birth compared to all three of my births, like they're all they're all different. They're all different. Um, you know, with my first two, I did nothing and I I kind of got away with it. Like, yeah, I like peed on myself and stuff, but it was like, <laughs> okay, well that's normal, but it's not, and I didn't know any better. And then it was it was really on that third one. I mean, I was really forced, like you said, to take a look at the relationship I had with exercise because I was for a long time, I was doing it because like, I'm a badass. I'm going to do this. Like I want to lift the most weight. I want to have the fastest time. And that's, that was a very bad mindset. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in hindsight, I'm kind of happy the way everything happened because had it not, maybe I wouldn't have been a coach now, you know, yeah. I mean, had it not, I might not have slowed down and started moving intentionally with this stuff. So, I mean, 
I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So Same. I mean, that's it, it's not to say that it that it didn't suck, but you know, it's you know, it is what it is. It so. brought you here. Yeah. So for any mamas in the house who swear, if she, maybe she says, "Oh, I just don't have time to work out," or "Don't have time for herself," maybe she's a new mom and surviving through newborn nights, or maybe she's a mom of six. What would you tell her? Um. You know, for a long time, I was like, all or nothing, zero or a hundred. Like, if I'm not working out for an hour, hour and a half a day, then what am I even doing? Like, why am I wasting my time even doing it? And that couldn't have been further from the truth. Like, um, if you move your body for 10 minutes, like, if you walk around your block pushing your stroller, like, you don't have to be throwing a barbell over your head. You are, if you are doing that intentionally, like, okay, I'm going to move my body, and I'm getting out in the sun because I know this is going to improve my mood type of thing. Like, look at it like that. I mean, it's, if you are working out from home, if you were, if you are a runner, I mean, if you are doing beach body workouts, if you are doing anything like that, you need to find what you like because CrossFit's not for everybody and that's okay. I don't ever push CrossFit on anybody at all. Likewise, Beachbody's not for me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because people love Beachbody. And I think that's great. Like you have to find what lights you up. You have to find what motivates you. And again, I had, I had the mentality for a long time. If I'm not working out for, you know, hour and a half, two hours, then it's pointless. And that couldn't have, that's, that, that's so false. It's mm -hmm. so false because, um, you work out for 10 minutes or you sit on your couch, which one's better? Like, mm. and I get it. I mean, like I get how it's foggy in the beginning because, you get two, three hours of sleep. Like I get it. Don't try to do it when you're one, two, three months postpartum, wait until you're ready. Like it will, it will be there. It will happen. Like don't push yourself because don't feel like you're a failure for not getting a workout in. Like, again, I used to have that mindset. Like if I missed a workout, I was like, Oh, well, um, might as well just not work out for the rest of the week. Cause I done screwed that up type of thing. And again, that, that's so not true at all. Um, my advice would, would just be find what you like. Like there's so many types of exercise out there. Find what you like for you and what works for you and your schedule. I mean, amen. And it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to mm -mm. be conventional yep. or what you think. Like it doesn't mean you have to go sign up at planet fitness and it doesn't mean you have to go get this, get a Peloton. Like yep. it literally, I bought a a little tiny trampoline off of Amazon and I have that in our garage and my, one of my favorite things is to blast music in the garage and jump on my trampoline mm -hmm. and you know it is so much fun I get mm -hmm. my heart rate going yep you could do deep squats on that I could mm -hmm. get a full lower body workout and cardio and you know what my two-year-old can be in the room with me and jump exactly. on the trampoline too with me yeah like, exactly it doesn't at all have to be this like proper mm -mm. or expensive or rigorous sort of thing it can be whatever is going to make you feel best at the end of the day like yeah. you said move your body like if that mm -hmm. means you walk around your cul-de-sac pushing the stroller that counts that is sure, moving it your absolutely body. does it absolutely does yeah like there's no there's no police that are coming around like yeah. oh well what did, is it was it enough like right. no, if anything is is enough you know yeah. like you said if 10 minutes moving your body is going to be, be better than 10 minutes sitting on the couch yep and there's going to be some days where 10 minutes sitting on the couch is what you need to yep. rest because maybe you had Absolutely. a really intense workout the day before and doing that two days in a row is not smart so you have to just know what you need in that in that moment and be willing to do that 
Well, I saw that you posted something uh, really vulnerable and beautifully transparent on Instagram recently that you held a workshop for postpartum athleticism and no one showed up except two friends who you said basically forced you to come. And I just love that you shared that moment because I think oftentimes we have this really glorified, really glamorous view of entrepreneurship and doing our own thing through this lens of our social media news feeds. And um, we don't talk about the times when you're in the trenches building a brand or making something special and what that can look like and what that can feel like. We think that something just magically clicks and everyone buys what you're selling and you work hard and it clearly pays off and it pays all of your bills and like bing, bang, boom, amazing. Yep. So talk to us more about that and about what you were thinking in the moment and what you told yourself afterwards and how you keep going because I feel like there's so many people that might experience what they feel like is a setback and just go, oh, well, that means I, that's not for me. I'm clearly doing something wrong. Yep. I'm not on the right path. I'm whatever. And the negative self-talk begins and then people quit or they, it's yep. extremely discouraging. So mm-hmm. I feel like this is like, you got words of wisdom here that you can bestow on everyone yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm a firm believer in sharing the wins and the losses, you know, it's, um, the wins to pump people up, but then to also show people, I was just talking to a friend about it. You know, it's like, um, when have you ever seen like a success story where everything went right? You know, it's like, so maybe you do, but it's like, is it really true type of thing, you know? So I think just to show people that vulnerable side and to know that you're working for those things. So Yeah, I, you know, as the clock kept like ticking down and getting closer to the start of the workshop and nobody was showing up, I was like, okay, well, this is, this is going to be it. This is going to be the first one where no one shows up. And then here come my two friends barging in. And I was like, well, this is just y'all that I'm, I'm not going to do it. Like, cause they've, they've already seen it before. Cause I made them come to a previous one. So I was like, I mean, I'm not going to do this. And, um, we ended up like I took some content pictures there and stuff like that for social media. And uh, as we were walking out, they were just kind of like, I think they could kind of tell that I was down a little bit, but they were like, okay, well, we're not just going to sit and we're not going to uh, like wallow, like wallow in this, like we're going to go get coffee or something. And I was like, that's fine, but you're going to give me space to be disappointed and sad about this for a minute because I am right. I, I like, I own those feelings and I want to have those feelings and process them. And they were like, that's fine. So I was definitely disappointed just because I'm like, like you said, it's just kind of, it's really discouraging when you're really passionate about something and maybe people don't share that passion or, you know, the timing wasn't right or something like that. So I kept telling myself over and over, like, this is not about me. It's not because I'm a terrible person. It's the, you know, no one, no one showed up because I'm like a terrible person. Like it has nothing to do with that. Um, I was just like, the timing wasn't right. Like, COVID is really high right now. A bunch of people have got quarantined. Like people that were supposed to come either had COVID or were quarantined. So I'm just like, it's okay. It's okay. Like I'm allowed to be sad and I'm allowed to be disappointed about all of this. Um, But it's okay. So like afterwards I went and got coffee with my friends and we talked about it and they let me have space to be disappointed and sad. And then I'm like, okay, on to the next one. Like I already have two more scheduled. So, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't want to stop because for me, I think the message needs to get out there. I mean, there's obviously a need for stuff like this. So I'm just going to keep on trucking. (laughs) I think that that's so important. 
and people need to hone in on that. The fact that you believe in what you're doing strongly enough to keep going regardless of who's there to applaud. And I feel like so mm-hmm. many times people will stop because they didn't like you hear this all the time even in the younger generation which is so sad where people will post something on social media for example and take it down if in a certain amount of time it doesn't get a hundred likes or whatever where people will go oh it clearly wasn't good it clearly wasn't received right so I'm just gonna delete it and like and move on and it's like but that totally misses the point of like what you just said where Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily even a reflection of you at all Mm -hmm. like there could have been 50 other reasons why this person or that person didn't show up and you basically had two options where you could either internalize that as a personal failure and say well Mm -hmm. it was because of me or I did something wrong or I'm not good at this or whatever or you could have taken the latter path which you did and and say you know what there's a lot going on in the world right now there's a lot going on in people's lives right now it might not have had anything at all to do with me it might have had to do with the pandemic it could have had to do with scheduling it could have been people's life stages like there are so many someone could have got a flat tire on the way to the session sure, like yeah there are so many things that could have happened to influence that and whichever mindset you choose is going to so severely impact the next choices that you make yes. in pursuing that whether yeah. you keep going and do another session and go you know what i'm gonna keep going or whether you're like you know I must not be good at it. I'll take a step back yep. and think of something else. Or maybe I should try a different type of coaching or whatever. Like it impacts so much. Yeah. So I feel like that's, I just, I love that you made the choice that you did. And I also love that you're talking about it and sharing it because you're so right. And people don't, people don't talk about it because people yep. have a sense of embarrassment or mm-hmm. that comes with it. And it's really hard and really vulnerable. But I mean, everything you said just rings so yeah. true where like, it's just, that's life like that happens to every single one of us like we've all had a moment like that at some point or another it's just if people talk about it or not so props to you (laughs) thank you thank you so much (laughs) so Keisha I want to close things out by asking you two questions that I ask all guests who come on the Thrive podcast I'm scared (laughs) (laughs) there it's good don't worry (laughs) what does thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your own everyday life um thrive means to me just persevering like persevere through your struggles and through your life and you know like you said I just kind of posted it it's um you know you fight for the shit you you fight for the shit that matters you fight for what you want and you know if if you don't thrive through that then what are you doing (laughs) you know it's fall down once stand up twice yeah (laughs) I love it cool well tell us where everybody can find you online if they want to connect with you more sure so I have a website called the kentuckymama.com and it goes along I also have a podcast the Kentucky Mama podcast um it's the same on Facebook uh on Instagram it's Keisha K-E-I-S-H-A Nicole N-I-C-O-L-E-T and um that's it yeah awesome Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.